0: Accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm gonna say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners, because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babble.com slash realm. Get 60% off at com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply.
1: Nintendo. Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat for the week of March 31st, 31st, 2016. That was my astonished <laughs> edition of, of, of Nintendo Voice Chat. And this week we have a special show for you, but I am Jose Otero. This is Brian Altano to my left. This is Perry Schneider to my right. right. You're right. That I sometimes do I stumble you. on intros. I haven't stumbled on intros in a while. So I, think you, I think you get really excited
2: at the start of the show. And then I you do. I try it. to
1: get the energy level up in here because sometimes you guys look miserable. <laughs> so, what? Oh, 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 I okay. get the energy level. You want me to get the energy level up? I can do that. I can. Okay. I can definitely do that. Tone it down, big boy. See, that's it. the problem. Yeah. Yeah, you I go. gotta get it up All in right. there, and you're like, well, yes. tone it down. We've got a special episode for you today. Uh In the second half of the show, we have Jules Watchem, him yep. joining us uh from Renegade Kid. It's gonna be talking about Super Mutant Mud's Challenge, or excuse me, Mutant Mud's Super Challenge. She's mm-hmm. going to be talking about uh, some of the games in their career and in their portfolio. Really, really good stuff. Make sure you stick around for that. And if you want to support the show, believe it or not, there is a little device you probably carry with you everywhere. It's called uh, an iOS or an Android phone. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Wow. But we have an app on that platform. And if you're a Prime subscriber, you get an ad-free IGN on mobile, which is a good thing. So if you want to help support the show... By all means, please check the apps out. Uh, we put a lot of effort into working on them. We're actually working on some really cool revisions behind the scenes for them, and we could definitely use your support, as always. Awesome. So let's kick things off with this week. Nintendo took a big step, in my opinion, a bigger step than they did two weeks ago, in terms of Mitomo launched worldwide. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a big deal because this is part of what the company has been talking about as being their bid to be an entertainment company, not just right. be a game maker anymore. This is part of that plan. And I feel like the worldwide launch of Mitomo and the new rewards program, My Nintendo... We're a big part of this, so let's talk about it. you guys. Have now played Mitomo. I'm not well, the only. I'm playing guy it in the world. right
3: now, actually.
1: You're not playing Mitomo. You're playing Add More Friends. I'm playing
3: Add More <laughs> Friends. I'm going through my friend list, and I, I know, I know, I'm I'm ahead of of Brian when it comes to adding friends here. Um, for some. Some odd reason, yeah. but yeah. So I'm I'm just sitting here. There's, there's there's no bulk except friends feature. You have to click on each one, and I made the mistake of linking my account to my Facebook and my Twitter. Me too. And so it's been like ding ding ding, which is awesome. Thank you for sending your friend request. But clearly the app is not designed for that kind of well, edge neither case. Neither is
1: Facebook, and neither is Twitter. I mean, you are accepting on a one-on-one well, basis. Twitter, I mean, anyone can follow you, right? Yeah. It's yeah. not it's no. not a mutual. Sure. this um, is designed like on this. a mutual thing, this, though. This so is a you, friend system. They kind of want you to know who's on the other end.
3: Yeah, right. and, and, and that's completely understand, yeah. but understandable. But, yeah, the, the connection to those social networks that have been around for many years um, suddenly
1: opens this up to a, to a big audience. Well, in actually, some ways in a bad, bad way because of what happened to Brian. Well, I was actually
2: going to say, like, I think it's a little interesting that they wouldn't just, uh, like, so the first thing I did this morning was I tweeted out the QR code from my character. Ah. And immediately everyone told me, that's not how you add friends. Yep. And I was like, oh. No, it's just how sure you show you me. Here we go again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I found out that's just how you share your, the outfit you're wearing, yeah. um, which can also make it like a sort of alternate character skin in somebody's game. Uh, it didn't let me Ooh, do that immediately. It, it, it can wear the Brian Apparently suit. Apparently I, I had my me uh, not on sharing privileges, ah. so I had to go into my Wii U and change those settings. Same here. Those didn't sync. So no. I just redesigned my me Cause I'm like, I want to jump in this thing and we'll be able to talk about it on the show today. I'm not going to sit around and wait for all their servers to connect. You, I have no idea how their iPhone connects to their 3DS or connects to their Wii. You have to restart yeah. the
3: app in order for the settings that you changed on your me to take effect. Yeah, like I had that issue too. Wait, yeah. So you
1: guys did it that way because the first time I used this app, I used the generator itself and then just made tweaks. And then the second time I, mm. when I used the US version this morning, I right. used my US account with it because I'd rather put those rewards towards US goods. No. And Instead of the Japanese ones, no, I'm just going to get the same thing. The same point, though, is that um, I used a QR code from the Mi application on 3DS, and I have sharing on. So when okay. you make it me, you are asked, do you want to share this along with when you put your name, when yeah, you put your yeah, birthday, right. when you want to put your creator? But, but it doesn't a, instantly update. touch. Yeah. So I, I
3: changed that on the 3DS, and then I generated a QR code, yeah. and then it, it worked after we restarted the app.
2: Yep. So just make sure you do that yeah, if you yeah. want it so easier. I, that's, that's actually a good, that's a good uh, cheat code there. You should, we should yeah. throw that in the IGN wikis for this thing. They did.
1: Um, um, and, oh, cool. and, and Nintendo, if you're listening, you do need to make this a little easier. Yeah. I feel like the fact that we have to give a bigger explanation <laughs> – for someone who's an existing customer, that can be a bit of a burden, right? right. I mean, this it, is not news to you. I also you know? think
3: people don't know the, uh, the the difference between a Nintendo account and a Nintendo Network ID, because they're different things. They're different things, but you like as a normal yeah. consumer, you're like, oh, I have a Nintendo ID. Let me type it in, and it goes like, nope, nope. 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 You're like, oh there's a separate option for a Nintendo Network ID.
1: See for me that was clear. Now, I'm surprised it wasn't you, clear for maybe, you. Yeah. Maybe
3: maybe you use the same login and passwords. I, I don't. I was and actually, So I was trying to log in with a one and then I'm like, oh uh, wait, no, these are different. No, yeah. I
1: didn't use the same. I just yeah. saw the buttons underneath and it had, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus. I'm like, well, I have a Nintendo Network ID, let me just use right. that instead. I yeah. was reading You didn't pe- see Nintendo account though?
2: People were actually I did. Yeah. people were actually running into some trouble this morning because even though we were able to secure our uh our Whichever one it was a month ago. Nintendo account, yeah. Your Nintendo account. Um, so, say I picked mine was Agent Bizzle. Um, when it prompts you to start Mitomo, you can put in a name, and if you put in Agent Bizzle, people were actually, or I hypothetically, would have been locked out of my own account on my 3DS or my Wii U. And Andrew Goldfarb, who's our news editor, was telling me that he was getting a bunch of reports on this, and people were running into this issue, uh, that even though they had a name picked out, in Mitomo picking a name actually blocked out the person who had that name originally, uh, which means they had to go and retrieve their account information and go back in, which uh, is a major, major problem. Uh, One of the other things I I thought was very fascinating was that um, by tweeting those, those images out, here's my QR code, people couldn't add me. They could only add me if... If we were following each other on Twitter or in some cases, if we had a mutual follow, which in our case was IGN who has millions of followers. So that immediately opens up those floodgates. The other option to do that is that you can add somebody through Facebook, meaning that you have to be friends with them on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So Nintendo in a way of being like, we need to keep children safe from strangers on the internet are vicariously inviting children to befriend other people on Facebook to tr- to trade their Tomo information which is now giving those people more access to their personal lives than ever before wow. because I noticed people in the in the NVC Facebook group were like, "Oh, we want to let's just add each other as friends on Facebook." Uh. Now that all of a sudden means that I have to introduce you in, in, into my entire personal life, which me I don't really care. I, I invite fans and friends on Facebook. Yeah, yeah.
1: But for the average kid, for, Jose, for someone like Jose or the average kid, see, I don't see. I don't know if I see the issue with this really having. Yeah, you don't see I'm the not issue entirely with the ki- sure. I mean, I, two I, people becoming Facebook friends. I think a parent is involved in part of this, and I don't know how that's Nintendo's fault. I mean. I, I I I wouldn't I wouldn't put so much put so
2: much faith in the parent and understanding. I mean, but,
3: but, that's, but, but a, that's the job. But can you add someone who's a friend of
1: a friend, for All example? Facebook. Yeah. No. Only well, the, through the mutual Twitter with friends a thing, thing. Yeah. that I've seen is only yeah. through through Twitter. I have not seen that tied to a Facebook icon. Um, <laughs> I will. I, I mean, I, I see your point that there are certain uh, sort of bottlenecks here that these sort of requests are coming through. But I think at the end of the day, Nintendo just didn't want to facilitate those friendships unless they were in person. I mean, that's just kind of well, how this has always sure, been. Sure, but company. what I'm
2: saying is that they're they're in a way facilitating those friendships more than ever. Because back in the day, when you used to trade seven digit codes or friendship bracelets or whatever it was, uh, that
1: do you see this or am I not, am I not seeing it? Like I'm not sure. Well, how you, where are you?
3: I think I think you're what you're worried about though is. Um, I mean this app was designed for true friend tra- uh, friendship, right? Like right. you're you the people you all are already friends with. Um, and so I don't think that many kids will run into the issue where they're trying to add someone who's not already in their circle. But I mean that's that's, right? in,
2: that's inherently not how the internet works though. Because like I'm saying, in the NVC Facebook group yeah. today, yeah. people were like, I want to add you but I can't. I see. So I'll, yeah, be, yeah. I'll be add you as a friend now. It's, and by adding as a friend,
1: now I know your hometown, your job, your relationships. Well, there are planning. privacy settings on Facebook though. You're assuming that like most people don't use that. For example, like I use that. Before I used to have things like my phone number or where I lived right. when you were my friend and then – through privacy settings and the fact that I just you know I got trust issues I closed those doors sure yeah. I just think I think
2: it's it's, I see what you're it's saying. very easy to deduce that information without see, even you know, having to yeah, put yeah. personally like here's the name of my job here's my like it's just you can you can deduct so, that stuff very easily think
3: about it this way if you're hanging out with a certain group of people on a forum mm-hmm. yeah. you know you may not be personally linked on other social networks yes and so this app makes it very very yeah, difficult is that to on connect, you to be right? safe
1: no offense no 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 <laughs> I did,
3: you can absolutely
2: take that stance
3: yeah. but I think that is a good point for kind of room for improvement. You know, like, is there an
2: easier way for you to connect? I think with the a, there needs to attempt? be an easier way for strangers connect, to connect without following each other on Twitter or befriending each other on Facebook. Because right now, those those are the bottlenecks to actually connect but, with someone on Meetup.
3: There's app. no giving somebody your telephone no. number style no. style connect, collection, right. connection the is, the What do you saying? So no.
1: ironically, the thing we always complained about that was a pain in the butt is, you know, a See, feature I that just would be find helpful so here. Weird because uh, meanwhile, it's connecting to social networks in a way that is putting you with yeah. the people who you do care about and who are part of your personal. Life and personally i think those are the people you should be adding hold on a second though the the fastest growing networks
3: for younger people are instagram and snapchat that's right and those aren't supported they're not supported and so that that's the the point is there are there is currently no solution other than being in the same room
1: right right this feels like a non-issue but i'm I'm not gonna it feels like one and it feels like it isn't like i'm not entirely sure uh but regardless for the sake of moving on Len, let's talk about at least using the app itself because you didn't tell your story though like you ran into a big problem because well I was using it all day and then I was getting Facebook linked it to Facebook linked it to
2: my Facebook um, where I have a bunch of people I'm connected with and then my Twitter where there's a bunch more and I got all these friend requests and as of three hours ago the friend the friend icon part just straight up won't load it will not load yeah. and this is version 1.0 of the day one you know so i don't know how much they stress tested actually 1.1 i
1: 1. think 1.01. 1. 1. 1. Yeah. 01, so i don't like know that. how much they yeah. stress
2: tested this it feels like this is something they would have caught in Japan first because I, I can't be the first person that just got a bunch of friend requests but on you day do one.
1: Have a lot of friends on Facebook. you yeah, have like five thousand. Yeah, and this
2: is the same thing some of us ran into on the PlayStation
3: Four mm-hmm. when when with yeah. PlayStation's friends list. Mm-hmm. The the um the feature to accept a friend request or a real name request would just not work. Yes. You know, and I yeah, heard this the same from thing. everybody in the Beyond crew. It happened to me, too. You just couldn't go in. And it's that, it's that edge case of you know, us as fans of the platforms being in the middle of it and, and, and
2: getting a lot of friend requests. Yeah, I mean, there's, like, a, there's a thousand-person friend cap in this game. Mm. So it's not, like oh, it's, yeah? it's not like it's unusual um, to say, hey, friend me like mm-hmm. if they tell you a friend cap and I'm a I'm an obsessive sort of collector type which most of us Nintendo fans are mm-hmm. uh I'm going to see if what I can do to reach that to to connect with as many people as possible because the game is constantly enticing you to connect with more people it is is gamifying that right. it gives you points it gives you currency it, it gives is you but
1: it's not the same when a stranger walks in and asks you a question or gives you a response like earlier Andrew was playing Mitomo Drop which is sort of a pachinko style game that we've talked about in this thing and in Tomo drop you drop a friend basically yeah. down through a machine and they're supposed to land on a prize box and win you something when Andrew booted it up the person hanging from the claw he didn't recognize and it's like well who the heck is that and I was like Andrew who is that he's like I don't know I'm just like to me that loses its personal layer of well, I mean, Oh, you, it's Brian, or oh, it's Pear, or oh it's Eric and you, you would have hated the last six years of street passing. Because that's exactly what that was. I didn't consider street passing the same thing because those people are not my friends. Those are people I pass on the street who information yeah. is basically traded within the games we play. Yeah, I but agree still with that. showing up in your in your, cre- yeah, but it's your not quest the same. for hats like, and this, stuff. This like is that. more I see this more as a friends thing. Yeah, I don't I agree. see this as a like you know, every stranger or a popularity contest in some ways. And I'm not saying you're saying you're seeing it that way but to me like that's not what i think the app is about what well, i mean that's
2: i mean to me it's a social media app and that's ostensibly what a lot of people use social media it's what for. it goes to no, it is, that it I think is that's a, a fair point it's not necessarily a popularity contest but it is a, a a quest to connect with as many people as possible using what you do and what you are like if i have a cool outfit in this game and i take a really cool photo yeah i want a thousand people to see it because yeah. I'm I'm bragging, I'm showing it off, you know. In the but same way, can... like when I write a a tweet or a yeah, show. Yeah, but you could
1: still do that. I mean, there are ways that you're sharing that on Twitter. You're sharing that on Instagram. You're sharing that on Facebook. You're sh- like the the app yeah, has that's... a lot of ways to share things. I don't
2: think that's inherently clear in the design of it. Nor is it inherently inherently clear in the tutorial. It doesn't say, hey, this is a personal situation. You should share this with the people you care about the most. It mm-hmm. just says like show off your cool stuff. Two and friends. And we'll give you we'll give you points and money and two so- friends. Yeah, but friends is a meaningless word in 2016 on right. the. Internet. That's a pretty meaningful word to me. I don't think so. I mean,
3: it's... Wow, this is really interesting because you you two have very different stances on on, on social, social media, media anyway and yeah. how you use them, Absolutely. right? Absolutely, like, yeah. Um, that, that's, that, it's going to be interesting to see how the different types of users use this app. What I've seen from any from every social media app ever released is mm-hmm. they were always designed at the beginning either for a very specific group, like think about Facebook. Facebook, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, or they were launched to be something very, very broad, right? Like, um, uh, like a MySpace or something, yeah. and then other features found their way in. Where then, oh, this became about music, or this became about something yeah. else. Or and I think pages. we'll see that with this yeah. too. I think the most powerful thing in this app is going to be photo sharing with teens. It's it's going to come to the forefront, and right now it's buried in a menu. Yeah. Right. It's not on the home menu yep. as as something you do like that whole kind of sticker posting, mm-hmm.
1: funny reactions,
3: all that kind of stuff is going to come more to the forefront. And the
1: editor is really good for it, right? So, like it does depth, it does different stamps, it does different sizes. Yeah. You can yeah. flip things around. Like it's really really powerful, but it is embedded somewhere where you may not really know that it's even there. Instead, the focus is on. The things that your friends are talking about, the activity, yep. your answers, a shop, and then a menu where you can actually find things like me photo. So th- think about like a celebrity endorsing this. Yeah. Are they like this? Is
2: where I can connect with my most personal. Beyonce friends?
1: joins, she'll break the whole system. Right? I mean, will set- she? Yeah. I, it's
2: not set up for that. It's not set up for celebrities. So Absolutely I, I mean, not. I think, yet. I think that's interesting though, because it's like uh, every other social media platform. It is, you know, like it's about influencers coming in and being like, "This is this cool thing I'm doing." And Nintendo's worked with people like Beyonce before, literally. But I mean, there was no
3: when when originally social networks launched, there was no verified. There was no official. No. Is really this person right? Like that's all stuff that grew over time. Sure, you, you could. A college email address yeah. to use Facebook. And you could That's make right. the argument right. that Nintendo could have learned from that and built it in from the get-go, but I think this is such an experiment for them. Yeah. yeah. From yeah. the producer of Metroid yes. comes this very yes. strange communications app that instead of me asking you a question, my me asks you a question on behalf of me sure. and then comes back with the answer. I mean, it, it's a little trippy. And then when people say something, by the way, ver- thank you very much, so many Dat GM money um, comments yes! in my feed and every time somebody makes yes! that comment gold coins uh, rain from the sky right because what you type has a direct like the effect GM like a graphical buckaroos. thing you know it's funny yes like, <laughs> if you say cats your face will change to a cat yeah. like it has no, all these kind of keywords, keywords reactions. but wait, I mean like that yeah.
2: that kind of it's inherently cool. is the thing though like how would those people get those that GM money joke that's a joke that stemmed from this show. Yeah, yeah, no,
3: but it's but it's money that triggers it. It's not GM money in this. Okay. No, case. no hey, it's yeah, just it's that money. certain
1: but keywords will basically initiate certain reactions. So if you say money or you paid for something, coins fall from the right. sky. If yeah. you say the word Nintendo, you hear a bading, you hear that one yeah. coin grab. But are you are you only accepting personal friends on this? No. No. So I mean No, because of him, I'm not. I wanted to at first, but then I was like, well, I don't accept friends on any other social media platform. Right. So I'm gonna try it here. Yeah. But I have to say, when someone walks in the room that I don't know, mm-hmm. like inherently, I kind of look them over and go, "I don't really want to talk to you," and just hit stop.
3: Right, the virtual you know, like room. Me, in real life, Jose yeah. is a lot nicer. I am yeah, a lot yeah, nicer. Just to um, me,
1: I like no, the reaction of Paris. Me just came she, into this room and said, "And you have ridiculous answers to things." In real life, so I can only imagine what the Meverse. It's uh, terrible. Mi-tomo it's terrible flavor. First of all, will be. my
0: faces. Like this and yeah. that's it's what really makes it entertaining. It's very
3: hor- horrible. So if yeah. you have me as, as a friend, I'm that's so a stranger, sorry. Mine is like, hello, I am
2: Brian. I'm Brad, Brad. How are you? <laughs> no, well, I am talking to
1: you. <laughs> see, but do you see that? Like, because you know each other, that's the funny. That's the comedy. That's the joke. Yeah, that's the thing you get. But I mean, I got that joke when this game was called Tomodachi Life, Tomodachi Life not <laughs> yeah. in
2: portrait mode or whatever. You yeah, know? like, yeah. and I love Tomodachi Life. I played it for a couple of weeks and then just stopped because. Yeah. Well, it's not I, much of a game.
1: Did. I think it works better as a mobile thing. And
2: for this time around, I'm like, I'm, I think they're trying to do a, like, a Tomodachi Life meets massively reaching tentacles of, of the universe. And I was like, there's something cool about this. Right. like, let me try Tomodachi Life that's on a global scale where uh, when you pull back from that apartment complex, instead of just seeing six lights on, there's hundreds. And that's mm-hmm. what I was thinking. Um, and I'm, you know, in some ways, that's really working. And in other ways, it's not like the literal fact that I can't actually add any friends right now. But I actually I, I think it's kind of cool that people were just randomly giving me uh, co- questions or randomly uh, like tagging me in things and stuff like that. Like yeah. it was
1: scrolling through a response list is especially when it's a big list. Yeah. is really funny, especially when clever, clever people put together really funny answers. And it's people, you know, yep. yeah, yeah, yep. no, and I, I think I really it's like got that
2: it's got there's a lot of really good ideas in this thing. Um, and it's really fun and mission accomplished for them to take the world by storm with this thing because like everyone I knew was talking about this and not just people I know who are like I know my, my vertical slice of the universe is mostly gamers and stuff like that and people that work in the games industry but just I saw random people on Facebook who I'm friends with like family members who were just like they were like checking it out. Like the idea of Nintendo making a mobile app for the first time is exciting and it's yeah. enticing, and it's, it got a lot of people in there. And I think it's there's being lot... featured too in the app store. So yeah. anyone who goes in the app store will see it first right, thing they see there. today. And they're oh really? That's for the cool. next week. Yeah. And there's a lot of um, there's a lot of very very smart hooks to entice you to keep returning outside of just the uh, the sort of my Nintendo account stuff that they're doing, which is basically uh, you know m- rewarding you for doing a certain amount of actions each, each day and you can then exchange those for points which you can exchange for actual games or um 3ds themes which i thought was all great because these are all things i spend money on anyway so it's really cool to just get all that stuff um and it has that sort of uh what's that that sticker thing on 3ds yeah, oh, yeah you're yeah. talking
1: about batch center yeah. yeah, back, yeah back, back, it has
2: that attraction. It's got that right? sort yeah, of like yeah. I went in today and they're like, well, they're, today is all like cats and bread. That's the different items, you know. Trust um, to impress. Address. And impress. And it's got these pachinko style machines where you put in tickets that you earn through regular gameplay or um, microtransactions if you get there, mm-hmm. and, uh, which I haven't had to yet. And now you're able to unlock cool stuff and items and accessories and then turn your character into something else. And there's new items in the shop every single day, which, you know, worked on Tamadachi Life for 3DS. But that was a thing you had to pull out of your pocket and check. Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. is an app on your phone; it's always there. So yeah. I think it's really cool. Like, and it'll send
3: you notifications. So yeah. It'll say like, "Today is all about blah blah." Day two. one,
2: I'm wearing uh, a leather jacket and black jeans and aviators, and I'm mm-hmm. like, "This is awesome!" <laughs> I'm yeah. like, they, "This is so cool!" Yeah.
3: You know, right yeah. off and of then. That, so.
2: and then I I think
3: it's uh, again it's we we, we called it. Originally Tinder for shy guys, but it's not really Tinder, right? But it still has that shy guy factor where you can use your me instead of you in photos. Yeah, like you can take a selfie now in front of, like, let's say you're in Paris, you're in front of the Eiffel Tower. You can take a picture and you can put your me there. And mm-hmm. you know, I know, I actually a lot of teens. Do not take selfies. They don't want to be in the shot. They want something different. And I, I think that app is going to connect um, with that audience really well as, yeah. as well. So yeah. it's clever. Yeah, I, you, And you can take some really, really strange pictures because you can pose your me yeah. and you can do some strange stuff. Uh, with uh, uh, this,
2: uh, a friend of ours named Eric today uh, sent us a picture of in the game. It's his me. And he's on the beach and he's wearing swimming trunks. And he's completely topless, <laughs> and his nipples are covered by my face and Mike Trucker's face. So. This is gonna gra- This is gonna get weird.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, uh, if you check out the hashtag for Mitomo on yep. Twitter, there's some really fun. I, I saw a hilarious uh, picture on Gaff of that scene of uh, Morpheus' <laughs> face where Neo is reflected in both eyes, yeah. and both of uh, Keanu Reeves' heads were replaced by two different Mitomo expressions, but oh, the same guy uh, nailed it like 100. Um, percent My feedback for the app right now is that the activity tab. I feel they're wasting a lot of space putting a lot of buttons to basically show you how many responses something has. Like it feels like it's just way too much. Like I wish that it was easier to scroll through activity and see. And I feel like even the timeline feels disjointed. Like it it – I get the purpose of it. It is to tell me that these threads of conversation have had an update recently, and you contributed to them, so you might want to read what's in there because it's fun. Right. But I, I think they are wasting too much UI space on that stuff, and they really should. like I agree. The way some Twitter apps do it is you just see a tweet, and you see who said it, and then when you tap on it, you'll see the buttons pop out underneath, and then you'll say, okay, I can retweet, I can reply, I can share or export this, or copy the link and send it to a friend. I think that the fact that they're trying to... Bu- Put all that together up front is wasting some UI space to me it, again
3: it's like i I understand that too and i it's it's a little hard when you um when you get comment notifications to actually see which comments are new as well right like I'm always like oh new twenty two new comments and you're like oh no it's one new comment but that little light bulb went on right it's it's going to be something that that will be improved over time. If you Absolutely. if you think about yeah. it, w- this is our first day with an app, and so I think they wanted to make extra sure that you can see all the functionality, and so all the things that we take for granted now in Twitter and Facebook and and WhatsApp, whatnot, where we know where all the functions are. Like they're, they're going to get to this point where they say like you know what everybody knows this is how you share so we're going to hide know yeah, right. these, and, are, these and are growing platforms and this yeah. is a
1: good first effort and yeah. uh, you know I'm I'm really excited to see how they grow it's fun. this thing I think uh, the next logical step is letting you design that room or yeah. putting something in that room and I think that's going to be cool in Tomodachi life one of the things I did love is that there were accessories you can buy yeah. so you can check in on your me and he's playing on his little his or yep. her little 3DS or like two people are over and they're all playing a Wii U and everyone's reacting acting or something that's a funny scene to pop in on and i yeah. i kind of miss too how uh you would check in on tomodachi life and you'd see someone like just rolling around on the floor mm-hmm. for no reason yeah. and be like well what is wrong with that Which you really actually fun.
2: you see that stuff here in the loading screens yes. but it's not actually implemented into um sort of gameplay in any in any sense or even just like w- waiting around for anything to happen in the game yeah. and I'm, I'm hoping for more of that functionality just in general from tomodachi life like i loved when it would just Cut to a scene where two characters were falling in love on a beach and then having a breakup or uh, just like that island setting of being like I can pop in all these different shops. Right now, there doesn't feel like a centralized hub. It feels like you're in a bedroom and then your character can leave and you can click on his head and he can come back and he was like, oh, he was just going to visit Matt. Yeah, uh, you're and all then part of one digital hotel
1: room yeah, somewhere, yeah. A digital hotel yeah. somewhere. But there isn't yeah. like a
2: really – there isn't like a sense of setting uh, the same way Tamodachi Life had that island that things would open up. There was the news station. There were all these yeah. different shops. There was the
1: grocery store where you could like feed your character thing, yeah. the favorite foods and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, or just reactions to whenever yeah. you you fed someone. And right now the reactions are in the place of, OK, my level went up in style or I've, I'm r- becoming popular mm-hmm. because of the number of friends I have or the way they, they heart the posts that I have. And um, that stuff's okay. I will say on the microtransaction front, they are also being. I feel like I had to tell both of you how to find it. Yeah. Because neither one of you realized where it was. And if the only other place you'll see it is when you're at the shop, you'll tap a certain, you know, you'll tap the top of the screen and it'll show you the exchange rate. Or if not, and you're trying to buy an item that costs too much, you are basically finding out then, oh, well, you can buy coins for that. Um, But I think the other challenge too is that. Clothes are not the clothing themselves. While looking cool, are not like okay. Take uh, what, what was the Fallout game again? Um, the one uh, Fallout Shelter, yeah. where mm-hmm. if you paid the money to get the robot who auto harvests on each mm-hmm. floor that you put them on, that's a time saver. That's something that just you can have done, and then you'd be like, okay, I don't have to babysit the, this thing as closely. Or if you buy the lunch boxes, you had the chance at cards that gave you weapons. Like there was right. utility to those yep. things, and I feel like in Mitomo, the outfits are cool, but the utility of them doesn't... I'm, I'm not quite sure what it is, so I'm not compelled they have to, to be... spend a lot of money.
3: Well, right now, they're not special, right? Like, you're yeah, looking at a shop, is. and it has a whole bunch of shoes and things, and you're like, oh, you know, none of them are exactly what you wear, even though many of the outfits are clearly designed for Brian Altano. Mm-hmm. The hot dog, I, especially. I, I, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but at this point, nothing looks special enough for you to go, like, I gotta have this. But wait what happens when it's the Link outfit, when it's the Splatoon right, stuff. Right. Wait mm-hmm. what happens when there's geolocation stuff, where yeah. if you are Visiting Texas, you get the Jules Watson Texas hat or something, right? Like, <laughs> yeah.
2: that, that, that kind of yeah, he's he's the most Texan man we've ever oh, met. Yeah, um, <laughs>
3: you know, I think it's,
2: a, it's coming a, up. This is still, uh, this is the first day, right? And I think yeah. that, like, we like, I got you got what 10,000 coins today. <laughs> yeah, what do you think you're gonna get tomorrow? I don't know, 4,000. What right. about the next day? 1,000? Like, well, eventually, this is going gonna... <laughs> to so <laughs>
1: Oh, I, yeah, think, hmm. I think eventually this will yeah. peter
2: off and you'll sit there and be like, I want this and I want that. The interesting thing about the uh, the iOS pricing is that mm-hmm. um, you can't buy anything for less than a, do- than a dollar on that store right? or 99 cents really. Yep. So no matter what, they're going to have to find a way to justify that. So I think they'll do like they did with Smash Brothers, which is sort of like packs of uh, outfits and stuff like that. Like if you got a Legend of Zelda pack for a buck. I don't know if they could justify selling one well, outfit for if a If they buck. put
1: it in Mitomo Drop, like I saw uh, in editorial today, we had different folks just obsessing over trying to get every single like cat-themed item right. because they thought they were really cool. And I think – that's how they're trying to hook people. So when you run out of game tickets in the game itself, then you can start paying coins to try for that stuff. But that ultimately is going to be the thing where people are either going to pump the brakes and I'm not doing this or, oh, I think I can get it one more chance. Like, right. Let me go for it. And that's that's that seems like that's the main hook of where you're going to be trying to spend money. Mm-hmm. I mean I've,
2: I've, I've played a lot of free-to-play games and the, the biggest trend in them is always how fast do they hit you with that, uh hey. Pay yeah, yeah. Money, you know? pa- paywall. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it's twenty minutes in. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's an hour in. Sometimes it, it happens five hours in, and it's just to remove ads. You know, which I don't really see as being a thing here at all. No. there's nothing like that. Yeah. But um, it'll be interesting to see because I think like one of the cool things about badge collection is looking like oh, they have twenty Metroid badges mm-hmm. and I have seventeen of them. And it's there's completion. Yeah, there's new of ones thing, in yeah. the shop today. I don't need the whole set, but it's cool just to know I have the whole set. Mm-hmm. So people trying to collect all the cat ears and stuff like that. If that sticks.
1: So this that's is gonna, where,
2: that's going to really connect with people. So
1: this is where your attention went and not Amiibo because it's a digital good and you don't have to put it on a shelf somewhere. Yeah, Is I mean, that? What I happened that. with Badge Center and, and Brian Altano? Is that See, the story? Yeah, it's well, it's, so, it's like I think
2: the thing that I like about Badge Center is it gives me something to check in on on my 3ds, which I don't really have that. It's, interesting, you know, like I have that on on my phone. There's a hundred things to check in on every single day, yeah. but on my 3ds, I mean. It's How t- often do you check in on stuff? It takes so long. I, I, you know, I agree. It takes so long, and I, it's
1: too chatty for oh, me. Oh yeah. I yeah. just
3: I I flew to Detroit yesterday. Um, I was in Detroit, and so long flight again. And so I always bring my 3ds. play mostly Fire Emblem. Um, Good game. But I did the check in. You know, I checked in for um, you know for for any of the uh, uh, for, for badge center, and then you inevitably run into the oh wait no you got to be connected to the internet right. right. Like, I was gonna say, did you buy InFight fight Wi Fi? And, and and so like I was like oh yeah, and and that's where anything on on your mobile phone just phone just becomes so much more turnkey. You no yeah. longer have to think about the checking in. It's something that's second nature. And
1: and badge center is
3: slow. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. and I
1: hope this says to them right because obviously the next device is in the is in the cooker right now. Yeah. But, Like you need to make it easy to connect to things. Needs to be fast. There was nothing worse than going to a hotel with a 3DS, saying I want to get on this Wi-Fi, and then finding out because of the way the Wi-Fi is structured at that hotel, you couldn't do it. Like Mm -hmm. it was just it was obsolete technology. You were like, well, I can't do this, and that's a bummer because I wanted to do X, Y, or Z, Mm -hmm. what have you. Regardless, it, I'm, so it sounds like we're all pretty positive on this thing. Yeah, we yes. should, we should talk it's about fun. the
2: one elephant in the room. Though. Oh, and, and that that's this the thing juice. is a major battery drain. Yeah, oh. we all have the iPhone six plus, right?
1: Yeah, everyone Which, at this table. I, I don't oh, know yeah.
2: what that. What, what is the battery life on that thing for you guys? Like a full day and a half sometimes. I, I like, mean, depending like, on usage. Yeah, yeah, right? for sure. I can I can get like 20, 24 hours out of this out of this thing. Um, I, I installed this thing. My battery was at like seventy-five percent. When I was done tinkering after the first twenty-five minutes, it had dropped like twenty-five percent. And you like, had a
1: hot phone. I yeah, went I had a hot phone. The- <laughs> <In> the- <laughs> Sorry.
2: From today, from today, about
3: eight thirty, I installed it about eight eight or eight thirty a.m. Yeah. and it was at a hundred percent because I, I plug in in, in my car. And I was at twenty percent at around two o'clock. Wow. So wow. but I was accepting it you and were I using think it's, it a lot. Well it's because the, the friend accepting screen has your animated guy on it. Yeah. And so again, like this might not be the same experience for everyone if you're accepting a lot of friend requests seeing the animation of your guy up there, that's going to drain your yeah. battery. And so it has a, it actually popped up a notice saying, like, hey, if you're worried about
2: battery drains, like, yeah, you know. Turn, yeah, it's yeah, worth mentioning, there you is got, that option you know. to go in there and is, go on, like, yeah. low low battery mode, which I don't really see for a lot of iPhone games, and it's interesting, I was actually playing um, there's an Power Assassin's saving Creed mode. game they just put out for iPhone, mm. that's like Pr- about as close as you can get to, like, a- a Assassin's Creed 2 graphics mm-hmm. on your phone. And it's it's open-world-ish. It's got RPG elements. I was playing it for, like, a half an hour on the plane the other day, and I dropped just a few percent. It's on my phone. Is
1: there a murder happening next door? Sorry. Like was I thought something. they were just voices in uh, my head. I'm uh, glad to hear
2: it wasn't me. And Life, on the other hand, is uh, a total, total power drain,
1: so... Yeah, yeah, is, yeah, it's fascinating uh, last thing just really smooth animation like yep. all the features me oh, so photo done. is yeah. a lot of fun if you have this yep. thing uh, if you haven't checked it out it's available for free on the app store obviously I recommend you go check it out and at least give it a shot and if not and you're more of a hardcore gamer by all means like just keep walking there's this may not be for you. It's
3: what I was hoping for, kind of like the level of quality from, from Nintendo on a, on a mobile phone. Like it, polish. They, there's this polish to the simplicity with which the characters are presented. But like when you're editing a photo, you can add all these little elements right. to it. You can make it so your me is sitting behind a table by blocking out part of the character. Like they did think it through. It's not a, very, it's not a simple pl- plaster a sticker on a photo and be done. Like you can actually do some pretty clever stuff when you spend time with
1: it. Awesome. It's All good. right. Well, there we there you have it. So let's then move on to the one news story that we're discussing this week. Um, and this one uh, comes with uh, – these are some troubled waters here um, in terms of we're going to talk a little bit about what happened between uh, Nintendo – you know, uh, pro- product marketing, uh, person in Allison Rapp, who has done some work, uh, with IGN before in terms of, you know, during E3 and, and, and then. Not, you know, not, not for she, IGN, not for IGN. with Yeah, us. she hosted Nintendo's, uh, Streams, like in our
3: live stream, yeah, she yeah. presented a couple of games. I forget which She's ones there were. She presented some games Did for you host that
1: company. A- oh yeah, yeah, I know yeah. I hosted
2: like 15 segments with her last year. She was yeah, fantastic. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no,
1: and that's what I mean yeah. by that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, apparently the Allison and Nintendo had a falling out, um, which is very unfortunate because it comes on the heels of some things that were very, uh, it's, it's really tough to talk about this, right? Because you know, a few weeks ago, if you'll remember, I want to say a month ago now, it may have been that long, uh, on this very show, we talked about the controversy in, in sort of the fan community, the passionate fan community that was basically localization versus translation, right? Folks who were upset that Fire Emblem were, was getting some changes uh, made to it. You know, we voiced our stance on it. We were a little one-sided on it as, as a panel, but we still very much uh, gave our take and how we felt, um, but apparently after that, uh, you know, a, a basically a, a sort of a targeted campaign happened and Allison became sort of the target for it. And that's because she's – to be clear, she she was targeted um –
3: because of her affiliation with Fire Emblem, she was a spokesperson for the franchise, and she demoed it. But she actually was not on the localization team, right? And, and, and she so made that very but, clear. But, but why but, bother researching that? But and I, I think that's the anger of the mob, right? you were angry about something, a perception you have of uh, of uh, of a product. There were people who wanted certain things um, in the American version of Fire Emblem that didn't make it in, and so you know. Some banded together and went after the first
1: target that they could find. And it looks like Allison was an easy target. Yeah, so it ended up uh, resulting in digging up a college thesis, which she did not hide. It was part of her LinkedIn. Um, And also digging up tweets and different information and basically conducting a campaign that lobbied complaints at Nintendo about her. And it grew larger and larger to the point where even outsiders who weren't part of this group but who were seeing the information – Got involved, which is unfortunate um, because then it led to like this all happened unfortunately on this person's honeymoon. Like this person wasn't even at work; she wasn't there when all of this kicked off. But it basically started what seems to be, you know, ended in her unfortunately being terminated yesterday by the company.
3: And so now the
1: the question is,
3: you know, I mean, instantly. You put two and two together, and you think, okay, it's because of all these complaints uh, that uh, that have um, you know raised issues about her, whether they're real or not, we we can't tell from the outside. But they have raised these issues, and the perception is now Nintendo terminated her because of some of those complaints. Which
1: Nintendo then delivered a statement. Uh, we were able to get the story up quickly because we actually were waiting on the statement for a little bit, but. uh, The statement reads, quote, Allison Rapp was terminated due to a violation of an internal company policy involving holding a second job in conflict with Nintendo's corporate culture. Though Ms. Rapp's termination follows her being the subject of criticism from certain groups via social media several weeks ago. The two are absolutely not related. Nintendo is a company committed to fostering inclusion and diversity in both our company and the broader video game industry, and we firmly reject the harassment of individuals based on gender, race, or personal beliefs. We wish Miss Rapp well in her future endeavors. Now, I do want to say, though, the second half of this statement, starting from Nintendo being a company committed to fostering inclusion – I think is is a is a good statement to make, and clearly they made it because they wanted to make the set the record straight that these two incidents are not related. But I feel like that half of the statement should have been delivered when, unfortunately, she was being targeted by these people. Yeah, yes. no, yeah, absolutely, yeah. and it, it is very disappointing to me to see that that happened because at the end of the day, you know, this is one of your employees, and of course there is the natural defense that by saying nothing and by not firing her, you are still saying something. But I feel like there's still an implied you are slightly complicit. By not saying something. And, of course, we're talking about a company here. We're talking about a corporation that at the end of the day, they're going to be very careful when they say things, especially one as conservative as Nintendo of America. Yeah, Let's not pretend that's not an issue here. Yes. Um, Yeah. I
3: I mean, I I think it's sometimes difficult for – For organizations to move as fast as, you know, the audience, the audience and social media out there, right? Like, you always want to verify what's going on before you put out a statement. As a, as someone running a company, right? Like, if somebody was complaining about someone working here, I want to make sure I, I do the research before I say anything out there. And so sometimes way too much time can pass. It's a pity that So much time has passed that no statement ever went out. Nobody backing her saying, hey, it is, it is not okay to harass her. Um, nor will she ever get that statement because she's Um, now she's on her own. Yeah. And, and so that, 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 that's a, that's a real pity. And I, I hope Nintendo learns from this and tries to, tries to be a little bit more reactive and and really live up to those
2: values that they that they state in in, in the statement that because they Because I, I don't I don't know what kind of message it sends to to say you know that you can you can sort of un un, un unlawfully attack one of our yeah. our own over something that she ostensibly had little to know or, or actually, even no, no involvement in whatsoever, yeah. and then just leave her out to, to dry for three months and get attacked by vicious people yeah. who are attacking her pers- her personal life and her her I, her ideals outside of anything even related to this, and ultimately calling for her head. A group of people who were anti censorship, who got someone basically fired. Yeah, who that's. I mean, the irony of of being anti censorship. That you end up but, silencing yeah. somebody. But, but to be <laughs>
1: clear, it does sound like um, it only put her under the microscope, right. um, which led to this. I don't I don't think necessarily those two things are exclusive. If that microscope had found nothing, maybe we wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation. I don't, you know? That
2: microscope wouldn't have existed if it wasn't for people aiming at the wrong target. Yeah, Not yeah. like there even needed to yeah. be yeah. a target. Look at the, the, the,
1: the, 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 there's no universe where you
2: can justify the, the amount of hatred and venom and vitriol aimed at any individual over – uh, uh what sums up to be creative decisions at a company about uh mini games yeah, like there's no universe where you can justify that. No. If that's the thing you can justify, I need you to walk outside and see how beautiful the world can be and find something that makes you happy.
3: Yeah, you know, look, I mean, we obviously agree on that topic and there were lots of people who disagreed with that and thought vitriol is absolutely the right answer because we got lots of it when we talked about the topic here. Of course, here, right? yeah. Uh to personal accounts, to uh YouTube comments, to everything. And it's it's an unfortunate reality on the internet and, you know, as much as we can say how great would it be if it if it stopped and people stated their opinion re- respectfully it ain't gonna happen right and so as company leaders we have to make sure that our employees are protected and we don't always do a great job with that right like you guys are targeted sometimes and like you know i wish there was more that we can do i think with nintendo um we 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 don't know all the facts, right? We don't know what well, her second what job was is. going to. Yeah, we don't um, know the second job. Sounds we don't like know. Uh, having a second job was not in violation of which Nintendo's was, policy, which is right? weird
1: because for her, she says it wasn't, and they're saying it is. So hmm. then it comes down to well, then what was the job? But what but they're, they're these saying are is things we don't know.
3: They're, they're saying her what her second job was was in violation with the corporate, image, right? Yeah, and so policy. I have I have no idea what her job was, but if it, if it was something that was you know related um, to anything. Uh, you know Nintendo stance on 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 sexual topics, right? If it was anything related to that, right? Like if she was publishing something somewhere, um, those are the triggers where I think they would they would immediately act, knowing Nintendo's image. But you know, to be fair, like she is she is not a goody two shoes presenter,
2: and I think that's
3: what they liked about her too, right? Like that's why she was she, one of my favorite people I you know, ever worked with. I she, mean, that's why she
2: that's why she is so fantastic because she she defined what i felt to be a a great step for nintendo and a great new voice for nintendo somebody that wasn't just completely you know straightforward clean cut vanilla yeah. somebody that was like i'm slightly dangerous i yeah. have some cool new ideas and i'm i'm open and honest and i'm hilarious and she yeah. was great and yeah. so maybe but, that's but, where nintendo's corporate culture is not that clear yet right yeah, like I, they, I they like, haven't figured out who they want
3: to be they want to be the internet that broadcasts to everybody over youtube and speaks the
1: same language but at the same time they also want to be the old nintendo right sure. yeah. but to me and i'm just gonna you know possibly end here unless you guys have more to say but i feel like there are errors on both sides of this because i feel like Someone with, the, with that sort of personality may not be the best fit for a very conservative company. I mean, at the end of the day, that's possibly part of the issue here. I think Nintendo handled it poorly by not having that statement. But I think on her side, that is one of the challenges that was very clear. And it seems clearer to her in, in what she's saying now. Um, but it's just still unfortunate because I think that something really good could have come From these two kind of personalities coming together for a longer term. Sure. Regardless, you know, we definitely send out best wishes to Allison. We, you know, we hope that she finds, uh, you know, sort of a a stable sort of job and something to to sort of work with. And we wish you the best. Like, honestly, yeah, you're awesome, Allie.
2: you are fantastic. One of my favorite people I've ever worked with. And you will land on your feet somewhere where people will let you be who you are, and that's going to be great.
1: Cool. All right, well, we're going to end here. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, Jules Watchum is here to talk about nice. Renegade Kid, uh, Mutant Mud, Super Challenge, and so much more. So don't go anywhere. Dale Terro here with Brian Altano and Pierre Schneider, and we are joined by a very special guest, Jules Watcham. What's up, man? Hello, how's How's it going, guys? Jules, if you're unfamiliar with him, is uh, basically the co-founder of uh, independent developer Renegade Kid. Is that correct, or are you just the founder? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, and and how many kids are there?
4: (laughs) Officially, just two, I guess. All right. Uh, My business partner is Greg Hargrove. You know, longtime friend, and we're the co-founders of Renegade Kid. And if
3: you're you're watching the video version of NVC, we're staring to the bottom uh, down there and seeing Jules there, but he's also floating behind us.
1: Yes, Yes. absolutely. So uh, uh, Renegade Kid recently put out Mutant Mud Super Challenge, which you can get on 3DS or Wii U. It's available now. Cross-buy supported. So if you buy it on one platform, Jules, you're getting it on both. Is that correct?
4: That's right. Yeah.
1: You guys also did some really special promotions with this thing. Can you talk a little bit about uh, sort of working this out with Nintendo?
4: Yeah, we did a bunch. Yeah, we did the cross-buy, which is not the first, but one of the first. um, And it's not a very uh, common thing on the Nintendo platforms. We did a loyalty discount and an Indies at Home thing. And the reason I mention them both at the same time is they kind of offer the same uh, discount. Where, like, If you remember E3 last year, there was a demo you could download, which is pretty neat. I, I don't know if Nintendo are going to do it again this year, but it was really cool they did this last year, where there was like nine demos you could download. Um, on the Wii U eShop, and there were also games that were at E3. So kind of like at home, you could kind of... Yeah, Nindy's at
1: home. That was it. Yeah,
4: Yeah, exactly. Everyone loved E3. Anyway, so if you downloaded that demo, or if you bought the original MUDs, you get a a 15% loyalty discount, which is good until April 16th. Um, And then, you know, in addition to that, you get the cross-buy as well. So it's, you know, we're just, I don't know, as that market's kind of... Coming to the end of its era, we felt like it's a good idea to put some incentives out there to try and Mm -hmm. not only entice people, but also try and get above the noise of Nintendo's first party stuff, you know, just somehow give us some kind of uh, reason uh, to be seen.
3: And was that tough to push through? I mean, the platform, Nintendo's shop is not set up for cross, by the way. You, you know, the Vita and the PlayStation are linked, for example. Right. Like, how it, does it take convincing, or is that something that that's easily done?
4: No, it was easy. Mm-hmm. Um, we just asked them, and they said, yeah, sure, fill out this Great. paperwork. Um, and that was it. Uh, and we also did, you know, Europe and North America at the same time, which was the first time we had done that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, just a bunch more paperwork, I guess, to do. But no, it wasn't that hard. Um, so nope, it's anyone can do it. Uh, there's no, um, yeah, there's not really any barriers. You have to work through to get that set up.
3: So it's it's unfortunate we didn't have you on uh, on the show when Brian and I were first playing Mutant Muds because we we had some choice words for you back then.
4: <laughs> right? Oh, I, I missed that. Oh yeah. man.
3: Uh, no, that game was really. I, I, you know, I played the original, finished it, um, yeah. did everything right. there was to do, and I played it on
2: on on 3ds. Uh, I think originally. I played it on everything. Yeah, I, I think I even played it on Vita and pretty much everywhere it went. Nice, you awesome. went back. You're like a glutton yeah. for punishment. Yes. Then. Yeah, yeah.
4: Did yeah. you even check it out on the iPhone? It's even on there as well.
2: I did. Yeah. No, yeah. I didn't yeah.
4: actually. I was like, <laughs> I
2: I was so conditioned with playing it with the D pad. Um, yeah. And, oh, understandable, definitely. Although I actually do play a decent amount of platforming games on iOS. A lot of them feel kind of slower paced. And I was like, with this mm-hmm. one, this is so Twitch based that I, yeah. I need something precise for this. That's it's, actually,
3: it, that's yeah, sorry. Yeah. That's why I downloaded it on, on iPhone. I wanted to see how you pulled off the controls without the D pad because I felt, I right. mean, your, your game, for those who haven't played it, it's, it's, it's difficult, right? Yeah. They're, they're very, very close jumps you have to make to avoid death by spike, for right. example. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, the D-pad is beautiful for that, and it works well on the 3DS, but it's still very demanding when it comes to timing. And so I was really curious to to um, to hear from you. How did you approach even bringing it to a device that doesn't have buttons and a
4: D-pad? Yeah, I mean, we were definitely hesitant. You know, our first, you know, for us we had to prove it to ourselves that it wasn't worth it, you know? I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's 40 levels in there. Well, 80 with all the things we added later. Um, and we are like, well, if, yeah, if we can't get the core player package down it's going to be 80 levels of suck it's just like it's pointless it doesn't matter so that was the first thing we did you know matthew who's a programmer uh on all of our 2d stuff and he really a designer in his own right you know he's very hardcore platformer d-pad fan so he was like yeah we have to get this right or we're we just not doing it and i'm like yeah i totally agree mm. so um I just played a bunch of games and trying to get a feel for which ones are doing it right, which ones are doing it wrong, and what can we take from that. And some of them are doing a pretty good job. You know, and I, I think we found just trying to look at how people naturally move their thumbs around on the screen and what might work. Um, and we just kind of uh, played around with a few different setups and we got one that I feel works pretty good. I mean, it's never going to feel as good as yep. the 3DS or any D pad. It's just a fact. It's just no yeah. way because you can't, you don't, you don't have that physical feedback um, where you don't have to look down. You know, you, you have to look down sometimes to go, is my thumb in the right place? Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, but I, I think we pulled it off pretty good. I mean, you tell me if you've checked it out. I, I think it worked out pretty good. Um, it worked well. Did you have to relax some of the difficulty, like some of the challenges no, Did you have to change? No, it was them? the exact same Which game. one it was for n- one, We uh, didn't make yeah. any changes. Wow, that's, that's um, amazing. And I played through the whole thing, you know, so just to make sure, you know, if, if it was going to be horrible, did, I lived you angry through that at horribleness yourself? myself. And I, I enjoyed <laughs> it. You know, it's not as good as the 3DS version, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. But I played through the whole game. I, I didn't destroy my phone at the end of it. I was <laughs> like, yeah, this feels pretty good for, for that market. I think it's one of the best uh, 2D platforms you can get. Of course, of course, I'm biased. I would say that. But I, I really believe that.
1: <laughs> so uh, so then tell me what made you want to go back for Super Challenge, right? Like you've done Mutant Muds, and I feel like it's also the game, and pardon me if I'm wrong, but you've been able to get it on a lot of platforms. I feel like right. you got it onto PC. You were able to get it onto the PlayStation Store as well. Um, mm-hmm. So what was the approach for Super Challenge for you?
4: Um, We'd been kicking around the idea for MUDS 2 for a while, um, and that is a much larger scope, uh, concept. Um, so Super Challenge is not that. This, you know, Super Challenge isn't a sequel, uh, it's a continuation of the first game. Um, so, and for us, you know, because of the market and how things are going, and obviously the NX is on the horizon, and just a sense of timing, like, well, MUDS 2 wouldn't fit in that time slot. So we're like, well, let's let's do something else with muds, you know, because we love muds. Let's do some more with that. And we're big fans of like the Lost Levels. We like we liked that being the sequel to Mario Brothers, even though in Nintendo of America we weren't um, they they didn't support the idea of that being the sequel to Mario Brothers, sure, even sure. though Japan did.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I like t- that idea. That's a tough game. <laughs> yeah, it is a
4: tough game. But it, it, I like the concept of if you play the first game and you love it, mm-hmm. you know, you just want more. You don't want necessarily have have it. Be reinvented with this added and that changed and this taken away. You're like, I just want that, but more, please. That'd be great, mm-hmm. and that's not done very often. And I like that with Lost Levels. And I'm like, oh, let's, you know, that'd be really cool if we could do that. So that was the initial kind of concept, and then over time, we're like, oh, we just kept on adding to it. You know, we made all the, the level themes completely different. Um, you know, we added five bosses. Um, and l- different um, gameplay things in the levels themselves with the hidden pathways the collectible you know, CDs the secret characters you know, we just kept on adding more and more to make it appealing so it's kind of somewhere in between a sequel and a mission pack You know, it's definitely more than a mission pack but it's not quite a sequel so it's somewhere in the middle of there um, so uh, yeah so it, it was fun really fun to kind of come to it in that way like I yeah, you know, I, I approached it as if the player had just finished the first game, and now they're jumping right into this game. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to hold their hand in any way. I'm not even going to tell them how to play it. Play the first game <laughs> if you don't know how to play it. Yeah. Boom, let's go. And I, that was nice. It I was did nice get some to do like that.
2: very serious, sort of like uh, Zelda, Legend of Zelda, second quest type of vibes huh. from it. You know, of sort of being like, well, a lot of this is familiar, but all, it's also really difficult. And I don't know if I'm as good as it as I was the first time around. But I want <laughs> right. to dig in more. Right. Um it was I was I was very interested in that. I actually like really just from a gameplay perspective really enjoyed the way that Mutant Months is like a platforming game that's really less it's less about landing the jump as much as it is about making the jump itself. Yeah. Like you have that kind of throttle that you're holding mm-hmm. um that changes the timing incredibly. And it took me it took me a little while to get used to, but I think once it clicks with mm-hmm. people they really understand uh what it's going for it's it's very smart in that regard yeah the cool. other Thanks, the man. other element
3: i really liked when i first played it on the 3ds was you know um was the 3d feature was really well done you know you actually jump into the back of a level and you get this real the distance remember that like yeah. when you when we all still had our
1: 3d slider turned yep. up right? Yeah. Yeah. right did it before kirby i mean <laughs> yeah. me months did it before kirby yeah. triple deluxe tried that same idea yep. yeah
4: i remember when we did it uh i mean obviously it's Stolen from Warrior Land from the Virtual Boy. Nope. Um, um but that was you know that was all red and it, it great game, loved it. But you know, we we liked that idea. The three DS was come along. We're like, great, let's let's take that idea and see what we can do with it. Mm. We added an extra dimension into the foreground. Um and obviously it's full colour, so that that's a bit more pleasing on the eyes. And I remember the first time we, we had it just working in the game, we jumped in the background and I was like, oh man, that is that's sweet. Because the 3D was so solid. I mean, mm-hmm. it's even more solid now than the new 3DS. But even then, it was pretty good if you found the sweet spot. And it was like, oh, my gosh, that's that's crazy. Jumping into the background, I was like, I just kept on doing it. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Um, and I think 2D games done in 3D have almost a more profound effect on you because you could really judge, I'm here, now I'm there. There's not mm-hmm. much granular- granularity, There's no gradient. It's like black and white. I'm here or I'm there, and it really you get that great sense of of those three shifts. Whereas like 3D Land, which I love, Mario 3D Land, it's an excellent game. After a while, the 3D effect almost wears off. Like you don't even realize yeah. it's there anymore yeah. because it's so gradiated and granulated. Yep. That you kind of get used to it. It just looks like reality in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so your so- brain kind of just almost switches off. Whereas 2D, it's just very you know more you know more in your face, abrupt, which is kind of fun.
2: Now you mentioned Wario for Virtual Boy. I mm-hmm. I could have sworn I saw you made a mock up of what that game would look like in full color. Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah that, that was you, right? Yeah, so what happened with it, that? Was that... Very interested in that? It didn't work.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like, because that's like it's the that Wario game for uh, Virtual Boy is widely regarded as the best game in that system. And, it's so
4: good, and Nintendo's oh, yeah. never
2: really done anything forgotten. to it's yeah. totally forgotten. They've yeah. never done anything yeah. Yeah. for all mm-hmm. the amount of times they've re-released almost every Mario game. That's the yeah. one that's just kind of left left behind. Yeah. That and Mario Clash are the two big yeah, first weird. party yeah, Any game so on that yeah. platform. Yeah.
1: Isn't going to see the, the light of day yeah. for a while.
2: I feel yeah. so. Did you pitch your mock up to Nintendo?
4: I did actually, yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it's like we could, we're like, hey, we could provide the service of bringing all of the Virtual Boy stuff over to the 3DS if you want. Wow. You know, because wow. once we do one, we could do all of them. Right. Okay. Um, and even I, know, World? I, I guess uh, NCL are just not. I don't know. It's almost. I'm, I, this is my opinion. It almost seems like it's an embarrassment. They're sweeping under the rug and they're moving on. That didn't happen. You know, let's ignore that and move forward. They haven't said that to me, but that's kind of the sense I get. Like, they just don't want to touch it. It's, it's Um, odd
2: though because I I feel like they've, they've, oddly embraced the Virtual Boy in, in weird times like there were some jokes in Tamagotchi yeah. life about it I think there's one in Smash Brothers like there's mm-hmm. it showed up in some of their more well, kinda... even
4: Reggie was like playing remember when he was yeah. training for something yeah. and he yeah, was even playing the Virtual Boy that's Boys. exactly
2: it yeah. like I feel like yeah. it showed up in some of their more like archival museum throwback stuff that they sneak yeah. into yeah. the games yeah. but it's uh, I think they have to still pass that threshold where like like the Power Glove it, it becomes funny
3: and cool to talk yes, about it right? Like, I would love to see them go back to that but yeah obviously yeah. It, it doesn't didn't sound like they were they were into that. But let's not forget, Game and Watch they ignored for a very very long time, right. and now you have you know a character in Smash Brothers. You had a special re-release for Club Nintendo. Yeah, they had collections. They put yeah. out a
1: couple of times. Yeah. Either on I think game, on Boy game Boy Color, yeah, Game but, Boy, yeah. Boy Color, Game Boy Advance. I think I know on DS it was also like a Club Nintendo reward. Yep. There was a there was a version you can get. But, but yeah, think gold gold of the box.
3: Think of the original monochrome Game Boy, right? Yeah. And like it could have easily made the jump to the old Game Boy devices, and and they never went to that.
2: So. Well, they did do with like virtual console stuff. You can hold the buttons down and start it off with the game boy uh mm-hmm. border around it the original game boy so jules did you take this pitch to them they said no did you say at all like well i mean while we're here i could also <laughs> do a wario where a wario game for you guys from the ground up
4: um they didn't officially say no okay <laughs> um i just didn't hear them. Right. right. Oh, <laughs> oh got it. uh, so um yeah you know so technically, like, I guess it could still happen. I feel like I you, make, a you making
2: tomorrow. a Wario game from the ground up is like kind of a, a, a perfect fit.
4: The war, like you were saying, Brian, like Wario Land, hands down, is the best game on the, on the Virtual Boy. I mean, I don't think anyone, well, maybe someone will argue with that. But hmm. generally, I think people are like, yeah, that was the game. Yeah. And even within the Wario um, history, it's a great game. You know, hmm. it's a great, it's even compared, because the Wario is, is is their quirky game, right? So hmm. some of them are like, yeah, I, I, you know, that was great that you tried that, but yeah, it didn't really work, you know? There's a lot of those Wario games, are like, yeah, it's a bit weird. But there's games like Shake It, you know, I think it was on the Wii, which is pretty fantastic. Yeah. You know, there's the GBA one, Wario Land 4 or whatever it was, 3 maybe. Hmm. Um, the Game Boy Color ones are pretty good. Um, and the Virtual Boy one's right up there with them. It's a great journey going through that game. And the way they use the 3D, uh, was very clever, very smart. We totally leveraged that. We're like that was really smart. Let's borrow that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just—it's very clever. Um, nice. It's a great game, and it's own right. I'd love to see uh, either just the Virtual Boy Red version or a fully color version on the on the 3ds. Would be awesome. Would be yeah. huge. Make, no, make, no, it, totally. make it happen.
1: So then, uh, so then, speaking of journeys, I'd love to hear a little bit more about you. Um, more specifically, just like what made you want to get into making games? Um.
4: I you know I guess when I look back I kind of always did when I was a kid the first computer we got was the one where my dad brought home uh, as a Spectrum 48k rubber keyboard uh <laughs> you know uh, at the time it was Awesome, cutting edge stuff, you know? Yep. Um, but now it literally has 48k of memory, which is, you know, you can't even get a JPEG in that. I mean, that's just silly. <laughs> um, but, uh, it was awesome. Uh, that's what we brought home. Eventually I got my own version of that, the Spectrum Plus that had the, uh, the hard keyboards and stuff. And I, I just, you know, we had the magazines where you type in the program and, you know, from the magazine and then obviously it wouldn't run. You have to fix it and debug yep. it and actually get it to run properly and <laughs> all that fun stuff. And, so that's kind of where it began. So I guess I have to blame my dad for that. And I, I just love, I've always loved games, you know, so every, but I also found I wasn't satisfied with just playing the games. I, I'd always try and get my hands on uh, a, a game making package. Like on the, on the Commodore 64 and the Amiga and the ST, were, there were, there's a program called Shoot'em Up Construction Kit or SEAC uh, made by the sensible software guys who did sensible soccer and mm-hmm. canon fodder and all that kind of great stuff. Um, it was horrible, but it was awesome. I mean, for me, I could make my own sprites and you can set the scroll speed and do your little, you know, spaceship and shoot things or make them a cowboy shooting guys or whatever. You can make them whatever. Um, and oh, I love that. So I just I, I just I was always making games and I didn't even realize it. You know, I was just so interested in getting in there. And but the, w- the weird thing is I never really allowed myself to believe I could really ever make games and get paid to do it. That's they come from some magic factory somewhere by very <laughs> smart people. I'll you know that that won't be me. I won't be doing that. I'll be doing something else instead. Um but but you know th- thankfully I did get into it through the uh journalist route funnily enough. Um
1: wow.
4: I applied for uh, I'll do the short version of this story, but I I basically was in I was in London in, uh, and uh in Farringdon. And EMAP Images, uh, the, the building is there. I was going to college there at the time and I came across it and I was like, wow, whoa, that's where the one is made. And that was a magazine that I would read in Amiga magazine I actually had it on me at the time. Um, and it was a nice junction for me where I was like, do I go in and ask for a job or do I just walk by go?" Oh, that was cool. Cut a long story short. I went in, asked for a job and eventually got it. Oh, I was like wow. 17 at the time and I was basically cheap and enthusiastic. <laughs> that's why I got the job. My writing skills were <laughs> terrible. Um, Uh, But you know, they're like, whatever, if we can get someone to. Because at the time, the screenshots, they would take photos of. The TV screen in a dark room. Mm-hmm. Go and get them processed. Slap them to the thingamajig to the printers and get them in there. So my yeah. first job was organizing that. They had oh. hundreds of these negatives, uh, not organized at all. That was my job: is to organize these negatives into folders. So they actually said, "Oh, there's that game. Great, we've got the screenshots here." And um, so that's kind of how I started. Which, Welcome uh, to the
2: video game industry.
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But how do you now go and organize this stuff? Yeah.
2: <laughs> but how do you how
3: do you take the step from that to to pro- do coding. Uh, You code, too, right?
4: I don't code. You don't code. uh, Okay, so you are... I attempted to learn it once, and I was like, whoa, no way. But you
1: handle design, then?
4: I do design, arts, and everything else, basically. Everything but code, essentially. I do music, you know, obviously PR, business, blah. Pretty much everything but code, That's
3: unusual, though, right? Because I think a lot of indie devs start with coding and then learn more about design. Like, it's unusual to hear from someone who said, I'm going to be a designer and can actually kind of will that, that career path into existence
4: i actually started as an artist um, because when i started uh, game designers uh, didn't exist Uh, that wasn't a role that had been defined at that time Mm -hmm. it just it didn't exist in the consciousness there were artists and there were programmers and design was just something that happened um um, so i would do pixel art and you know that's i applied for a job and made some contacts while i was uh, working at the magazine um and i got my first job as a pixel artist on snes genesis kind of games and, uh, yeah, I mean, but one of the first projects I worked on was it was me and a programmer making a, a Contra ripoff for the uh, Super Nintendo. It was, like, two guys trying to rip off Contra 3, which is an incredible, exceptional game, trying to rip that off <laughs> and make a project. Hmm. And the game, the result of that was a game called Time Slip, um, which isn't awful, but it's not great either. So it shipped. <laughs> right. Okay. So, yeah.
1: wait, <laughs> what is, uh, just out of curiosity, uh, do you have a maybe top three or if not just one your favorite super nintendo game
4: it'd have to be super mario world yeah it have to be yeah such a special i remember when i I remember when i first saw that it was a japanese import Mm -hmm. and at the time i was into the amiga and the st and stuff like that and when i saw that i was like what is that i mean it looks and sounds and feels alien but awesome to me Mm -hmm. i've never seen heard or played anything like that Mm -hmm. i was like what is this it was really uh, amazing. So yeah, that has to be uh, my favorite. It's yeah. such a great game. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's
3: really funny if you if you when you wind back the clock and you look at the games that you know we played when we were kids in Europe. You know, from Commodore sixty four to, right. to Amiga and Atari ST. Yeah, the music sound completely different, right? Oh it yeah, was that totally. Kind of, that, yeah. that Euro pop synth music, <laughs> and then Mario, right. Super Mario world just sounded completely different yeah. sound yeah. wise and composition wise But
1: man that commodore could put out some oh, sound things. oh my That's gosh yeah it was heard. great yes. yeah, yeah yeah it was it was very very good okay yeah. jules so then what made you go independent out of curiosity
4: uh, so i was working at a claim for a long time so that would do it to you mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> but it, it, that was a great place i got to meet some really good people made some great friends and learn what to do and what not to do there. And it was was a good time. But uh, they eventually closed their doors in 2004. So, you know, I worked at a few different places um, and then eventually actually had a pretty good job. Um, Both Greg and I worked at the same place. Um, But then we decided, look, we just need to stop working for other people and just make our own stuff. You know, that's what I really wanted to do um so yeah so we just decided to leave you know a pretty good paying safe job <laughs> um, go wow all right let's just try and do this independent thing and see what happens and that was we i guess we decided that almost 10 years ago it was 2006 is kind of technically when we decided to do that mm-hmm. and then our first game we released dementium in uh, 2007 halloween 2007
3: and then what games did you work on at, at Acclaim? What were the, the biggest projects you worked on?
4: Um, uh, Iggy's Wrecking Balls was... I think, uh, actually, that's probably when we came to had to hang out with you, right? I think, yeah, I think that's where we met.
3: Because first of all, we <laughs> yeah. thought you guys were yeah. making it up, and that wasn't a real game. <laughs>
4: right, <laughs> exactly. So that, that was, that's the one that's closest to me, because it was my first uh, project. While well, I was project manager. And at the time, that meant someone who's a producer and a designer under one role, because Acclaim didn't want to pay two people to do that job. Oh, Wow so that was my job on that game and Greg actually my business partner now was the lead artist on that project so ah. we were working together at that time um, and so that, that was a fun project but mm. not really a great game but it was a fun fun project to do but I guess one of the biggest ones was probably Turok 2 I did some of the multiplayer maps for that okay. um, uh, helped with some NBA Jam uh, games back in the 2D times yep. Aero the Acrobat again another 2D stuff Aero like the Kamikaze Squirrel. I was a lead artist on that <laughs> so uh, yeah games like that
3: the, the Zero and, and Arrow are better games than, than people remember them as. Yeah, I think you know. a lot of
2: people stored them with the, other, with the entire wave of character mascot yep. games that came out yeah. in the 90s. Like,
4: like Bubsy? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely
2: way, way better than Bubsy. Yeah. Bubsy yeah. Yeah. is not a good game. Oh my uh, someone needs to bring yeah.
1: back Croc. No. Do they? No. Not really. Um, okay, so then you put out Dementium, you put out Moon, but curiously enough, you chose the Nintendo DS as the platform so yeah. what sort of made you guys do that just out of curiosity because these are very these were much more mature titles i think than what you expected yeah.
2: on a nintendo platform yeah there were like five first person ds games and you guys made two
4: of them three of them three, three of of them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah there we go yeah, yeah. Uh, you know um i guess it just made sense in some weird way at the time i was a huge <laughs> fan of ds uh, for me my, i've always loved portables uh, you know, I love the Game Boy Color, GBA. Uh, when the GBA SP came out, I was like, "That's perfection." Has mm-hmm. the whole laptop design going on, and wow, that's and it has the bright screen. The second version of of those uh, SPs. So you I still have it. that. Love that thing. <laughs> um, and then the DS came out, which was kind of a brick, but it was awesome. But it was like pretty ugly. I'm like, eh, eh, still like the SP, but eh, the DS is pretty cool. And then DS Lite finally came out. Mm-hmm. And, All right, now we're talking. Now we're yeah. talking. Yeah, now we've got some oh, design yeah. going on. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so I, I was. I just love, I, like I said, I just love them. So, you know, we'd had some experience with the uh, the N64 with Turok and games like that, and the hardware capabilities are similar. N64 and DS, Um different hardware completely, but the capabilities are similar. Um So we're like, you know what? It, it'd be cool. Like, we're gonna, we want to kind of make, make a splash with our first game. You know, we're called Renegade Kid. We have a skull and crossbones and our, our logo. So let's do something with a bit more balls to it. So we're like, great. I mean, we love survival horror. We love Silent Hill. We love Resident Evil. Let, we know we can do something fairly decent in that genre as an FPS on the DS. No one else is doing it. Um, so people will, it'll either be a spectacular failure or maybe it'll do pretty good. Um, so at least we'll get noticed anyway, at very least. Um, so that was really the idea. Um, and it, it it pulled, it paid off. It, it, it worked. You know, we found a publisher in Gamecock. Um, despite their silly name, awesome people. They're still rocking it now as Devolver Digital. Great guys, good friends. They're in Austin, same as us. Okay. Um, and they really contributed, I think, to the attitude of that game and in, in their marketing and so on. So it was a really amazing, uh, fortunate way to, I think make our our, you know, our start in the industry as an independent developer.
3: Interesting. Yeah, I always thought you guys looked at the platform and and you thought nobody's going to try to make first person shooters. Nobody's yeah. gonna, nobody's making mature games, so our games will stand out on that platform. Mm-hmm. Um, but was it? Did you also look at the platform and you, and, and thought? It's going to be tough to make a 3D game that's going to run smoothly and control well because you did not have, you know, a a second stick to look around in in the environment.
4: Right, right. Well, we, uh, Metroid Hunters, the demo had already been released. So so that proved the gameplay concept to us. Like, it can work. If this feels pretty good, yeah, it's going to be more niche. Not everyone's going to like it. But if Nintendo's, Nintendo's doing it that, that, that's good enough for us, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that helped. Um, yeah. And actually, we, we spoke with a couple of people as far as programming, as far as the engine and how we're going to create this thing. And, and the first team I spoke to had a, a, a different way of creating. It was a bit more kind of doom-like, where it was kind of more generated rather than uh, actual you know, models and meshes kind of living in the scene. Um, but then the guy we ended up going with, who we're still working with today, Bob Ives, single handedly created the engine, the, the plugins for hmm. Max, all of the tools. One guy did all of the programming for Dementium. Um, incredible. So, testament to him. And the game ran at 60 frames a second, um, had the flashlight effects. I mean, hmm. it's, yeah, it was, at the time, it was like, wow, really, really incredible. Um, and actually, one of the nice things about the DS is it has a cap of 2,000 polygons. So it doesn't really ma- matter what you do, it will display those 2,000 polygons. You can't, it's, it's kind of nice in that way. Whereas floating point stuff like 3DS and other machines like that, it's a bit more complicated than that. There's, there's mm-hmm. a thousand factors that go into how many polygons you can display. Mm-hmm. Whereas the DS was like, boom, here you go, here's your 2,000, have fun. And that was mm-hmm. kind of nice. It's kind of a thing that we could really leverage and go, great, we know our budget, let's go.
3: So you don't um, have yeah. to optimize a lot and, and like reduce geometry in order to avoid pop up. Like you you know exactly what you're working with. Yeah. From so the we beginning. just
4: budgeted this many for an enemy, this many for a level, huh. but, you know, and we can just be and, that's, and we just stuck to that. And funnily enough, actually, it was it ended up being a lot more powerful than we thought, and we actually added a lot more polys and textures for Dementium two um, because we were being way more conservative than we needed to be on Dementium one.
1: Wow, that's really interesting. So how did crash landed happen? <laughs> um for those at home crash landed is basically a i mean exp- uh, if you could explain for them
4: it yeah it's a 3 d 3d, 3D platform i mean it, it was uh we we uh we were chatting with activision um there was a console uh team that were developing crash landed uh like the next gen version which i think at the time was probably p s two ish era. Mm-hmm. um and uh they're like, hey, you know, we we pitched in for the DS version. So we spent a lot of time, you know, well, not a lot of time, actually, that's not fair. A few weeks, but we put a lot of effort <laughs> into those few weeks in mm-hmm. in creating the character, creating the world, uh, the camera and all of the all of the finesse to get in there. Um Yeah, so I, I thought it turned out great. But um, it looked
1: really good. I've seen video of it and I've always gone like, man, that looks like it could have worked out really well, but.
4: Yeah. No, well, in the end, I think Activision ended up going with a different team, and that team also had um, uh, experience with like racing game or another game, another genre. Um, so they had bigger plans for that brand. So they wanted to have a team that could handle all of those. So I think that's that was a big part of their decision making. But obviously, the whole project was a later was canned anyway and never saw the light of day. So we probably we've actually. I think we've dodged a lot of bullets over the years. There's a lot of things we could have potentially got, but it fell through for whatever reason, and we ended up doing our own thing later. Um, and that, then that project that we didn't get uh, ended up failing, So, it was, or it didn't even see the light of day. So, and that's always difficult for us who rely on the money from a publisher to make the game if it suddenly stops. We're like, uh, you know, well, we still have next month to pay everyone, so what are we going to do? So we, we we dodged a few bullets, I think, with that. And that's one of them we dodged. And
3: is, you know, I mean, can you how, is is the market for downloadable DS games, 3DS games is the market big enough? I mean, obviously you've you've tried this now for a few years. Do you see it growing? Are more Nintendo fans now downloading games and 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 trying out some of these indie titles as well?
4: Um, I think it's um it it's got to a decent level. I don't know if it's growing anymore or if it's staying the same or maybe in slightly declining. It's, it's certainly not, I don't think it's going to get any bigger at mm-hmm. this point. Um, I think it's, it's met its, its max based on our own sales data anyway, mm-hmm. uh, which may or may not be a reflection, a true reflection of it because our games are very niche anyway. Mm-hmm. So there is that. Um, but, uh, it, it's, it's not a huge market, but mm-hmm. it's an okay market because we're pretty tiny we're pretty small, so it does pretty good for us um, but obviously, based on the fact that we are racing our games and other platforms, you know a lot of the reason for that is because we need to make more money to continue, sure. so you know we are finding that we are having to diversify a little bit as far as the number of platforms we uh, release our stuff on
1: mm-hmm. and what's that experience been like for you just in terms of diversifying like is that sort of st- is that a difficult thing to pull off, or do you feel comfortable now after having done it for a little bit?
4: It, yeah, we've gone through a few growing pains, but now it's a little bit easier. I mean, our, our um, or more manageable, I should say. We have our engine set up where it can handle that pretty well now, which is good. Um, so it's going, it's becoming more and more of a necessity to put that in our plan from the beginning. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's getting easier, which is good. <laughs> yeah.
1: I guess I also want to bring up, and I mean, I should have brought this earlier. In full disclosure, uh, you and Brian got to work together on a, on a little game that you put out, uh, yeah. in twenty fourteen, which was Zero Drifter, um, right? Yeah. And uh, if you guys can just talk a little bit about that, first of all, Zero Drifter, more of a Metroid-like in some ways,
4: yeah, um, but totally. still
1: very much, you know, an action platformer, <laughs> um, and and a, and a pretty good one.
4: Uh, yeah, we it, it's actually part of the reason. Like, um, and I know this is probably something we're gonna. Uh, maybe bring up at some point anyway, but the treasure notes kind of ties into this little bit. You know, we, we announced treasure notes many, many years ago. Um, and it still isn't out yet. <laughs> mm. Um, and, uh, a lot of that is based on the scope of that game. And in what time slot does that fit in versus, you know, when do we need to release it and actually make money mm-hmm. to earn money, to make games and so on, that whole mm. cycle, that lovely cycle that we're in. Um, so Drifter came from that where we're like, yeah, we need to get something out at this time. We don't want to shrink, Treasure notes just to get it out. So let's do a smaller game. Uh, so Zero Drifter was born, which is a mini Metroid game, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's funny. I mean, we were you know making the game, and I think almost casually. I mean. I, I, I'd like to hear your recollection of it, uh, yeah. Brian. Also almost casually on Twitter we're like, Hey yeah, we're doing this game, and Brian's like, Hey, I've got a tune for that. I'm like, Oh, let's check it out. Oh, that's awesome, we'll put it in. Cool, done. All right, all right, we're done, really. <laughs> think, it was, it you was, guys, it was you, awesome.
2: You, you either put out screenshots or a gameplay video, and I'm like, this like is totally matching the aesthetic of this song I'm working on right now, which was like this weird sort of uh David Bowie labyrinth inspired <laughs> like hybrid cover thing that was like right? Yeah, so, it was just it was like Wu Tang David Bowie, and I'm like, I can do something with this. And I saw your screenshots and I'm like <laughs> oh we should we should uh we should match up on this and uh i think i threw i threw the song at you guys and you're like yeah we'll see what we can do and then you got back to me a little while later and you're like yeah we're actually gonna put it in the game yeah. and then i i played through the whole game and i'm like the music's awesome in this game where's my song where's my song <laughs> <laughs> and then i finished the game and my song started playing and it was like it was really cool because i was both excited that i finished the game because i get excited anytime i finish any game but also that like i was like Hey, this is the ending of the game, and they're playing my song. So it was this weird sort of uh, culmination of all the things that
4: I've. Oh, these emotions. Yeah, yeah, a lot of emotions <laughs> of like me yes. being
2: like, I grew up on on platforming games and shooters, and I grew up playing Metroid and Metroidvania style games. Um, and I've always been in a music, and I was like, oh, this, all this, kind of came together at the same time, right here." And then my name popped up in the credits, and I was like, "Oh
4: my god, and, <laughs> it, was, and, it was cool! You know, it, it works so well, as well, because it's it was tough, right? Because your music is is more like real music, more yeah. synth, you know, like real instruments, not chip tune, really at all. Whereas the game is chip tune, right? So, like, well, we love this tune. Where do we? How do we use this? Because we want to use it, um, and it's amazing. Like we, you know, we thought, well, oh, let's put it in the end, the ending, you know, the, very, the very end of it when. You know, there's that feeling of I'm, accomplishment where I'm done and now I'm drifting off back into space to do Spoilers. more fun stuff. And it works so well because it, it ends in, you know, has that music going on where you beat it and do its thing. You, you jet off and then boom, your music kicks in. It's yeah. just like, it feels good, right? You're like, oh, that's right. It just feels really good the mm-hmm. way it kind of comes in and it, you just kind of. You know, it's almost like a Milky Way, a little drift away in velvety mm-hmm. space goodness. It feels really good when the music kicks in. It works perfectly.
2: Yeah, it was a, it was, it was a fun, it was a fun thing to work on. I definitely want to do more stuff like that in the future. So cool. yeah, very nice, very nice. Uh, yeah,
4: that was, and that was nice the way it came together as well. We were just, it was very casual. Like hey, yeah, we got, we got this thing. And but we, had you guys like,
2: met before or no? I don't think we'd met yet. Had no. we met before?
4: We hadn't prior to that. I think we, we met did. at Pax afterwards. Yeah, we met yeah. after that. It was it was it PAX or E3. We met after that. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. all
1: they all melt together. <laughs> they
4: do. Yes, right. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah, that was cool. <laughs> yeah.
1: awesome. All right, Jules. So before I let you go, I have to ask, what is going on with Treasure Knots?
4: <laughs> uh, well, we're we're working on it, which is good. I have it okay. behind me, and that's no mistake. Okay. Um, we are we like I said, we, we've we've kind of pushed it. We, we've had to put it on hold a number of times um, just to get other projects done uh, to get it out in a nice timely manner. Uh, but it's we've now partnered up with uh, Nighthawk, uh, which is a fairly new publisher, but full of guys that have been around forever from Majesco, um, and uh, to work together on finishing up, which is great. Uh, so yeah, we're working on it right now. So now that Super Challenge is done, which is awesome, uh, we are now focused on uh, Treasure Knots, which is very exciting. We're finally back on that. Yep. Um, so uh, yeah. And, of course, you
3: have a giant booth at E3 where you're going to demo this
4: game. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Uh,
3: are, you, are you coming to E3? Are you going to bring some stuff?
4: Uh, I don't, no, I don't think I will be able to, Come unfortunately. On. everybody's uh, going The to game E3. might be, but I, I, I don't think I'll oh, be there, unfortunately. Okay. Okay. I think I'm actually going to go to Europe at that time. I'm going to Europe at some time in June. Is, is E3 in June? It is. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, still. I think, I think I'll be on the other side of the ocean at that time, unfortunately. Vacation? Yes, yes, right. thankfully. <laughs> right.
1: Well, well deserved then, uh, yeah. Jules. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, for folks listening, you can pick up Mutant Mud Super Challenge on the eShop right now. Make sure you check it out. Again, it's available with Cross by Jules. How else can people follow you on the internet?
4: Uh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, Jules Watchum, uh is my Twitter name. Uh, you know, I do stuff there. I've got a YouTube channel, which you can also you know connect through my Twitter account. So but that's that's the main thing on um, on Twitter with random waffles.
1: Great. <laughs> All right. And thank you for listening to the Nintendo Voice Chat audience. We are a weekly show on IGN. You can find Brian Altano at Agent Bizzle. You can find Pear Schneider at Pear IGN. And you can find myself, Jose underscore Otero. Thank you so much for listening. And we will be back next week with more Nintendo Voice Chat.